You're listening to Sunday Sermons for Christ Pacific Church located in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. Hi, my name is Jericho Almaranas. Join me as we continue our study of the new humanity from Matthew 5, 1-12. What a privilege it is to be with you all this morning and uh, read with you the Beatitudes. So uh, I will recite certain of the Beatitudes and you will have a response which will be indicated up on the screens. This is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pete. Welcome, welcome. How are you guys today? All right. My name is Jericho. I am your family life minister. I'm a husband to Jessica of eight years, dad to my kiddos. I think we got a third on the way. And um, first commitment. Thank you, guys. The first commitment is to the Lord next to my wife, and God called me into ministry, and I have the privilege to share with you guys God's word today, and we continue our study through the Beatitudes. What does it look like to be the new humanity that God has designed us to be? And today we will be focusing on Matthew 5, 5. Would you stand as I read this, and um, let's give this time to the Lord. Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. God, we give to you this time. God, would you be glorified? Uh, God, we thank you for this time that um, God is not wasted and that you encounter us and that you desire to give us hope and rest. And I pray for every single person in here. I pray for families and individuals still on their way to church. Um, God, I thank you for meeting us and wanting to change us through your spirit from the inside out. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So we continue. We continue our study through this. The Beatitudes. Let me turn this on. The invisible meek. I want to tell you guys two things this morning. The first is that Jesus cares about the powerless. So the Beatitudes congratulate 
and celebrate those who are poor in spirit, the lowly, the grieving, right? Peter has been talking about those. And we're kind of taking our time um, through the Beatitudes. And Jesus tells them that the kingdom of heaven belongs to them and comfort also belongs to them. This morning, we look at the meek. See, in our society, we look at the biggest people, the people with the most means, the most power, and it seems like, seems like they kind of run the world. They rule the world. And see, what is happening is Jesus is turning that upside down. Oftentimes, we read this and we say, oh, man, I need an attitude adjustment, right? I need to be more meek, a quiet strength, a gentleness. But Jesus, what he's doing is he enters into town and he preaches a sermon and he elevates the people that are on the outskirts, the poor, the grieving, and now he's saying, blessed are the meek. Who are these meek? They're not the subservient, the submissive. Um, as we think of, the meek are those who are powerless, people in a position where life has humbled them. All right? And I think we all can relate to this. The word for meek is synonymous with the poor, the oppressed. So when we look at the, the world around us, the general evil that is happening, we can kind of see it evidenced by the broken relationships around us. Right? We have a broken relationship with one another that alienates us and pushes us from each other. We have a relationship that's broken with creation, with the ground, and we call that work. Right? So for every time we work, we're not getting the same amount back. There's the alienation. We have a relationship with high purpose, with God, and that also is alienated. Sometimes we're like, God, what are you doing? I don't know what my purpose is. Or I thought I knew but then you're taking me a different route. The other relationship, too, is with ourselves, right? That we have this alienation inside of us that tells us, man, you just fake it, man. When, people, when somebody asks you how you're really doing, you just say, fine, I don't want to talk about it, right? And so there are all these broken relationships around us. And so when we look at all of this, it could either cause us to despair, to be hopeless in one point, or to say, you know what, I'm gonna work really hard and strive to fix it, any means possible. And that's just the general brokenness in our world. But also that general brokenness comes to us personally, right? You've been hurt by hurt people, you have hurt other people, and those things cause us to be angry, to envy, and to say, God, what is happening? What's happening? So Jesus, when he was preaching this, his original audience hears Psalm 37. And Psalm 37 is a wisdom psalm that says these things. It says, do not fret and do, do not be envious of the temporary success of the wicked. Trust and commit your way to the Lord. Be still and wait. Who loves waiting? Oh man, I don't. <laughs> right? Refraining from anger turning from wrath, the anger is really important here. When life bogs you down, it's easy to get angry at the situation, but oftentimes, I know I've done it, is I've turned that anger towards the Lord. God, I don't know what you're doing. And so the psalmist is saying, do all these things, watch and wait. Why? Because the meek, the oppressed, the poor, shall inherit the land. Because God is your defense. God is coming to you, and you just watch and wait. The Lord God that we serve does not forget us. Amen?
when we're going through the toughest seasons, he's there, right? Oftentimes, sometimes, we come out of seasons where it's been hard, and we can just reflect, God, where were you? And you can see it by the people that God has brought to you to give you a blessing. Sometimes there are just songs, right? You have songs in your season where you're just like, this is my song, right? How great is our God? That carries me through, right? Be still my soul, right? What was the song that we sang last week? Um, It is well with my soul, right? That song, we have that in our living room and that just speaks volumes. Um, So why does God care about the powerless? Because Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one, has a special ministry to the powerless. He has a special ministry to you and I. In in Luke 4, Jesus comes into a temple and he takes the scroll and he turns to Isaiah 61 and he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty and freedom to the oppressed. All right, let's break that down. Last week, Peter talked about the comforter. God, Lord, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Right, the Spirit is with us, is with Jesus, and he proclaims good news. Right, who's the Holy Spirit? He comes alongside us, and he says, you're doing good. Keep at it. Right, life gets tough, but I am here. The Holy Spirit comforts us in our weakness. In Romans, it says that when we just want to pray and ask the Lord, and sometimes all that comes out is groanings, like, I don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit is there with words, and he's just interceding for us before God. He's saying, I know what you're going through. That is the God that we serve. And Jesus comes and brings liberty to the oppressed and you guys know this verse, Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Why? For I am meek, for I am gentle and humble and heart. Sometimes we read this passage and we're like, I gotta be more meek this week. And the Bible says there are only two people that are meek in the Bible. One was Jesus right here. We'll talk about that more. But the other person is Moses. Right? In Numbers 12, if you want to get a story, there's Moses and his crew. They're walking in the wilderness. And his sister, Miriam, badmouths him behind his back. And God says, we have to have a conference. So let's have Aaron, Miriam, and Moses. And God confronts Miriam and says, why are you speaking ill about your brother Moses? And God strikes Miriam with leprosy. Basically cuts her off of the whole community. And Moses, he has a choice to either play the victim, right? He's like, oh, yeah, you deserve it. Instead, it says that he was meek, and he comes before God and says, please forgive my sister, God. She didn't know what she was doing. And you know what? There were still consequences to that action and that choice. So she had leprosy for seven days and was taken out of community but was brought back. So meekness is standing in the gap for even your oppressors. Who does that remind you of? Jesus, right? He's at the court with Pilate. He could defend himself before he was crucified, and he chooses not to say anything. 
He was hanging on the cross, and he was interceding for God, and he was saying, God, would you forgive these people for they do not know what they're doing? We have a choice, right, to look like Moses and to look like Jesus. The reason why Jesus cares about the powerless is because he is meek himself. And Jesus knows that life gets really, really heavy, all right? I am still very young, and I thank the Lord for the blessing that I don't think I've suffered enough, but I don't go around asking the Lord, God, would you bring more suffering so that I would know your hope and rest, right? But I know what Dean has said is we are a community. Life groups are great, right? We have grandparents in our life group, and just for them to tell us having two kids is hard. Justin and I are almost in tears like, oh, we're not crazy, right? You need people around you to just come walk alongside you because life gets super heavy, and the trials that we go through reveal where we turn for comfort. Maybe that's not God. It's other things in life. Um, And sometimes it reveals to us the shallow trust we have of God. But Jesus is saying, come to me. I want to give you hope, and I want to give you rest. So if you find yourself debilitated by life today, know that your strength and your hope and your rest is in the Lord. Amen? So that's one. Jesus cares about the powerless. The next is Jesus wants us to reflect and look like him. Being part of God's family, God wants us to look more and more like Jesus. And I want to share with you guys two illustrations today. Moses, my son, who's four and a half years old, and Trader Joe's. So the first one, Moses, um, for the parents and grandparents in the room, maybe you guys can relate to this. Um, I made some sausages and veggies for dinner, and um, Moses was struggling to eat his dinner a few nights ago. And I just got really irritated. I just was really mad. You are going to like this food, and you're going to finish it. And he's doing the fake gaggy, like, boop, boop. I can't can't eat anymore. Um, And I got really irritated. And um, in our house, we try and model prayer before we eat our dinner because really the heart of it is we want, in order to be an Almoranias family, we are grateful people that we know that God provided this food, God gave us the job, God gave us the kitchen to prep it, God gave us the means to go to places where we can get this food. Um, and we're, I'm putting him to bed, and my heart was still heavy. I was just like, man, that was a little harsh. <laughs> that was a little harsh. And God whispers to me. He says, you think that's what it means to be part of your family. What about being part of my family? I want you to love the things that I love. And in my heart, I was like, oh, that's not the right way to teach my kid, right? But in the same way, in the same way, God wants to involve us. The reason why there's this sermon about the Beatitudes is he wants us to look like this new humanity. He wants us to look like his people. So in the face of trial and oppression, he wants us to live in this age of blessing, all right? That whatever heaviness and trial weigh you down, know that God is your defense and that there's an opportunity to bless others. That's super hard. You know why? Because trials have us look inward. 
I remember when Jess and I um, had to move back in with her folks. We got married, um, and Jessica's job, she couldn't land one. She had to take the board exam again, and we had to move in with her folks. We would watch like romantic comedy movies and would not laugh. Like you're sitting there and you're like, they hit rock bottom. Man, this is my life. That was not a funny movie. We couldn't have joy during those trials. But you know what? God used that time to get me closer with my in-laws in a way that, you know, because I just want to be strong. I'm providing for this family and now we're moving back, right? But God used that time in order for me to be a blessing. And I continue to meet people that boomerang back, right? Couples, um, young adults. And God wants to use you as a blessing to others. Why? Because the earth needs it. Because you guys are the salt of the earth. The people that suffer need to preserve the earth. We need to show the world what it looks like to suffer well and to, de- and to depend upon God for strength. Oftentimes when we talk about the oppressors, the powerful, the wealthy, the enemy, it's easy to, to love one group and to hate the other. But my challenge for you this morning is that we would look at it through the lens of the gospel, right? And this is it. Romans 5, 8, and 10. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were God's enemies, God's oppressors, we were reconciled to him by the death of his son. It's easy to play the victim and say, man, life is oppressing me. These group of people are oppressing me. But we have to take it in the context of the gospel, that we were those people. And God didn't forget us. He says, I'm going to send you my son to turn you from an enemy and oppressor of God to be a child of God. How are we to respond then when life gets us down or maybe you're in a season where you're just doing well? It doesn't change. It says to bless. In Romans 12, 14 to 16, if you guys want to turn there too later on, it says this, bless others. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who mourn. Right? Sounds like the Beatitudes. Live in harmony with others. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with the people of low position. So that was Moses. The other illustration is Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, if you walk in, have you guys noticed the murals? And if you go to a different city those murals reflect the community that it's at, right? So if you go down South County and Irvine or San Juan, you go to Trader Joe's and it reflects what that community looks like. If you go down the street, it's gonna look like Huntington Beach, right? They reflect the local community in vibrant colors. And you know what? The world is looking for a mural of hope in you guys. And it's not this, we're gonna be a mural here on Sundays so that we are attractive so people come here. The blessing and the mission is wherever you go during the week, whether at work, in your neighborhoods, and the soccer teams that you guys are part of or coaching, right, the places where you shop, you guys are a mural of hope to people that they can look at you and say, man, what is it about you, and I know what you're going through, right? 
I know how life gets heavy, but what is it about you that's different, right? We, get, we need to get to that point to anybody else. So here's what I want to leave you with today, right? Like pastors do, we give acrostics. So my challenge for you is to bless. So I have a letter um, that coincides. But before I get to that point, really my challenge for you is this, this week, that you read your Bible and pray every day, right? That you would be filled with God before you do these things. So B, build others up, right? Any chance you have this week to build somebody up and to say, man, you're doing really good, right? To your kids, to your grandkids, to your adult children, build them up, right? And the one way that we can build them up is through the word of God. So make sure you're filled with the word of God so you can give it out. L, I know you guys are already trying to guess what's L going to be. Lead with love. If you're confronted um, that you've offended somebody or, um, or you've hurt somebody, it's often easy to just retaliate back. That's my, that's my heart that I have to fight. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back more. But lead with love, right? Love them. See the need for love in their heart. E, Encourage others along. The same way that the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and speaks to the deep needs of our hearts, would you encourage somebody, right? Not try to fix them, not try to pull them out of their situation or push them, but just be with them. Encourage them along. S, to show forgiveness, right? We, this is a mark of the meek, not that we forgive when they've asked for forgiveness, but to forgive them even before they've even asked. And the last thing is to be slow to speak and quick to listen. That whoever you come in contact with this week, that you would just wait to hear. We live in a society where information comes this fast and our attention also goes that fast. That we can't wait for somebody else to stop talking to tell them our agenda. And we need to just slow down. Slow down. That is for me. I gotta learn that. I'm talking to my wife. All right, bless others this week. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for your word for us that is a gentle salve, God, that comforts us. God, I thank you for peace that you have given us that we can experience in you. God, we thank you that during these times in the wilderness, God, that you can be with us, that you get to offer us hope that we could be a mural of hope this week as we bless others. God, would you continue to heal the relationships that are broken in our lives? Pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Christ Pacific Church, visit our website at www.cpchb.org and follow us on social media at Christ Pacific Church.